Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened higher today, tracking overnight gains in the US and Europe. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.6% to 3,083 points after some 66 million securities changed hands and the broader market. Now, closing numbers are still firming up, but here's what we are looking at. The Straits Times Index currently up 0.16% at 3,069 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 967 million Sing dollars. Gainers outnumbered losers 295 versus just 294. Top five movers by value, we have DBS, UOB, OCBC, Singtel and Ctrim, and heavily Traded securities included C-Trim, Capital World and Gunting Singapore. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Samudera shipping line because the carrier said yesterday that revenue and earnings for Q3 ended September recorded a contraction compared with a year-ago period. Now, meanwhile, from more on the Bank of Japan's latest monetary policy decision to the impact of the boom in weight loss drugs on the shares of US fast food companies, more international headlines and focus today and joining us on the line is Jeremy Tan, CEO of Tiger Fund Management. Jeremy, welcome. Hi, Jin. Great to have you on board. And let's start with the usuals. Uh, Jeremy, how did the STFS so far today? How is it expected to close today? And any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Well, if you look at the STI today, it's actually up 0.16%. And this is following up overnight uh, positive movement on Wall Street. Um, if you look at Wall Street over the last month in October, I think this is probably one of the worst uh, October months that we have seen in the last five years. Mm. I think the risk of uh, events was due to a combination of events due to a rising 10-year interest rates that has actually affected the bond market, especially on the long-duration bonds sharply. And also the mixed earnings that we are seeing from U.S. stocks earnings season currently. And I guess uh, not to mention, I think as a result, the U.S. markets were actually down about 3% for the month of October. I think this would probably signal probably a near-term flaw in terms of the Mm. markets, given that uh, VIX in October has also risen to 20 in October. I think uh, going forward, I think um, we think that the STI probably has also come to a flaw in terms of its trading range. Uh, What we have seen is that today uh, there's some slight uptake in terms of STI performance Mm. and the local REITs also starting to look a bit more resilient given that the market right now expectation is that there could potentially be no more uh, rate hikes for the upcoming November FOMC and also the December FOMC meetings. Right. And zooming in on some of the companies to watch, uh, Jeremy, we talked earlier about Samudera shipping line saying that Q3 revenue and earnings recorded a contraction when compared on a yearly basis. How far do you think this is specific to the company? Any wider woes for SGX listed firms in the shipping sector? Well, I think for this trend, I think it's not 
specific for Samudara shipping or uh, I think it's probably for the whole industry, yep. the whole shipping industry. I think this is also a very highly cyclical industry. What we have seen is that the, uh, the, this industry is actually being faced with the double whammy of lower volumes and also uh, lower uh, freight rates currently. Since uh, the pandemic in 2021 and also 2022, we have seen that the freight rates actually soared as a result of COVID-19 restrictions that has resulted in very tight container capacities and also congestion at the ports. I think with uh, COVID-19 pandemic restrictions already coming off globally, I think we have also seen the normalizing of trades. And as a result, the global freight rates have already fallen almost back to pre-pandemic levels. And as a result, I think the global uh, shipping companies right now are being faced with lower freight rates and also lower volumes going forward. I think that this uh, doesn't spell uh, a good uh, backdrop for the shipping companies, whether it be uh, the local listed one or the global shipping companies. Mm, and let's take a look at what's happening in the region. Uh, Jeremy, the Bank of Japan in focus today, it further loosened its grip on long-term interest rates by tweaking the bond yield control policy again. And when can we expect the BOJ to phase out its ultra-loose monetary policy? Because it does seem like there are more than one message that was out. Yeah, I think uh, right now we are seeing that the BOJ is allowing the 10-year uh, use where it's exercising its uh, yield curve control to actually exceed uh, 1%. And I think this is a bit different from actually what market is expecting. Um, this actually uh, allows more flexibility for the BOJ to actually uh, allow it to continue to uh, buy back bonds without having that uh, very sharp or, uh, or limits of actually 1% to keep uh, the yields actually low. So I think the BOJ currently doesn't uh, still doesn't want a significant rise in yield. I think they still want to have a bit more flexibility uh, in their monetary policy. Uh, they also want to continue to actually see uh, inflation uh, also reflecting that in the uh, wage growth as well in Japan. And mm. as a result, I think that going forward um, with, with the Bank of, Bank of Japan stance is that uh, the major policy adjustment will probably will only happen in 2024, mm. where they will probably end the uh, negative rates on the near term and also eventual removal of the yield curve control uh, thereafter. Yep. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Jeremy Tan, CEO of Tiger Fund Management. Uh, Jeremy, just stay with us for a bit longer. Quite interesting here because we're talking about donuts and fast food at 5 p.m. or so. Um, so what's happening here? The boom in weight loss drugs like Ozempic, it seems to lead to concerns over the prospects of fast food firms listed in the U.S. as well as snack chains, restaurant. I believe one Wall Street firm even downgraded Krispy Kreme shares as a result. But if we look at McDonald's earnings out recently, seems pretty resilient as well. So how far do you think weight loss drugs, the boom in weight loss drugs, is a cause for concern? Well, I think right now there is a lot of hype in the GLP drugs that were actually used to treat diabetes, especially for the likes of uh, Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly. Um, this drug is very novel. Um, and this is actually a very huge uh, addressable market for the pharmaceutical companies, given that at least uh, 40% of adults in the U.S. actually have obesity. Mm -hmm. So while I think that it's still actually too early to tell what is the long-term impact 
of the uh, that would change in terms of the consumption habits of adults. Uh, but I think there's still structural change toward healthier eating options. Already, I think we have seen um, some companies, especially um, the soda producing companies or sugary drink um, companies, there has been a structural decline in actually consumption. Uh, I think it's important to actually break down the demand, uh, especially in the staples to some um, you know, staple companies moving products that's actually more discretionary, discretionary in nature. Mm. Uh, whereas for McDonald's, I think it's still having that mode in terms of uh, its actually its uh, cheapness, in terms of its affordability of its meals. That would, um, I think we've already seen that the middle class, actually due to the rising inflation, they have actually downtraded mm. uh, from more expensive options to actually uh, more affordable meals. And as a result, I think for McDonald's, I think you can see that uh, upside in terms of the uh, same store sales growth that we have seen that's actually up very sharply, uh, about 8.8% during the quarter ending September 30th. And revenues is actually up 14%. Mm -hmm. So we have seen that um, despite, you know, some of these uh, healthier eating options, McDonald's is still having that more to attract um, consumers that wants to have a more affordable meals uh, in this uh, current inflationary environment. Mm, I guess there are more than one factor at play, lots of things going on at the same time. And before we let you go, uh, Jeremy, what are you expecting ahead of the Fed's interest rate decision come Friday? And also at the same time, uh, Malaysia PM Anwar, he has said that the solution to the weaker ringgit right now is to decouple from the US dollar. Do you expect decoupling to be weighing on major central banks' uh, minds, especially those with large interest rate differentials? Um, well, I think uh, with regards to the, the upcoming FOMC on the 1st of November, I think Powell continue to signal that uh, US rates can go higher if uh, economic growth and the current labor shortages environment continue to drive inflation. However, I think this is more on the signaling front. I think the market is actually pricing in that the Fed uh, will not actually raise hikes, uh, raise rates. Uh, on the 1st of November, FOMC. And in fact, there is actually only a 24% chance that there will be another 25 bips hike in December. So our base case is that there will be no more hikes for the rest of the year uh, with the uh, uncertainty in the US economic environment currently. Um, with regards to uh, the statement of uh, you know our trying to decouple away from the US dollar, I think mm. this would be a more of a longer trend kind of a phenomenon. I think US dollar, I think, is still currently the de facto reserve currency of the world. And over the long run, I think the country may reduce reliance over using US dollar uh, in terms of having their trade conducted, uh, conducted in other uh, currencies other than the US dollar. But however, mm. I think that this will be more of a longer trend uh, rather than a short the short, uh, rather than a short trend scenario. So with uh, current uh, Bank Nagara rates at staying at about 3%, um, this is putting a very high uh, interest rate differential against US dollar. So I think that that will put the Malaysian ringgit continue to be weak uh, for the foreseeable future in the short run. I see. Thanks a lot for the insights, Jeremy. That was Jeremy Tan, CEO of Tiger Fund Management. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.